Well, hey, Central, happy new year. It is 2022 and we have, we have arrived. We are moving ahead, putting 2021 in the rear view mirror. And I'm so thankful that you have tuned in with us on this online experience or you've gathered today in the room. And uh, it's, let's be honest, a little bit weird. Weird for me, probably a little strange for you. For, for me, uh, for about 10 years of my ministry experience, I served as a campus pastor at a location. And what that means basically is that, that I oversaw all aspects of ministry, uh, but I was not the primary teacher pretty much every week for about 10 years of my ministry experience. All teaching came through a video, just like you're experiencing here today. And the cool thing about that is that God, God uses it. And we saw hundreds of people baptized, hundreds of people coming to Christ and lives literally changed. And aren't you grateful today for tech technology? Uh, not only am I grateful for technology, I'm, I'm grateful for you, super grateful for our elders, uh, thankful that my family and I are able to, to get away and spend, spend time with family and celebrate the new year with them. And, uh, but I wanted to make sure that I brought the first teaching of 2022 to you personally. So rather than having a guest speaker, I thought this would be the most appropriate venue to bring that teaching because I believe that God, he uh, has a word, word for us as a church and uh, some things that he wants us to participate in so that we can experience him to a greater degree than perhaps we ever have, have before. I want to talk to you today about a, a spiritual practice that largely goes unnoticed or at least un practice, uh, a spiritual discipline that you don't hear a whole lot about in churches today. And, and I believe that's unfortunate because God's, God's desire, Jesus said, man, whenever you practice this, you're going to see supernatural things happen. And a matter of fact, that you're only going to see some supernatural things happen by, by, by putting this, this, this spiritual discipline into practice. And so I want to talk to you today about, about fasting and about about prayer. Uh, I don't want to just talk about it though. I want us to participate in it. And so, so I'm bringing you this message today to kind of give you a, a few days prepare for, for, for the season of prayer and fasting here at Central. So on, on January 10th through January 30th, we are inviting everyone that calls Central their home to participate in a season of prayer and fasting. And then on, on January 30th, we're, we're going to break fast together. It's going to be a Sunday and uh, we're going to have a great meal after service on that Sunday, January January 30th. But, but we have some information on prayer and fasting. It's on our, our website. You can actually go there and check it out. It's, it's centralsj.org forward slash prayer and fasting. We also have some hard copies that you guys can check out, check out today. Before we dive into this week's message, I want to just ask you, would you pray with me as we, we begin this message? That it wouldn't just be something we hear with our ears and, and comprehend with our minds, but it'd be something that God, God massages into our hearts and into our lives today. So, so let's pray. Well, God, I pray that, uh, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, uh, that God, you would speak to us at the core of who we are, and that, God, this wouldn't just be something we understand with our minds, but, God, we embrace it with all of our hearts. And that this year, 2022, would be a year that we see you move in ways we never thought possible, that you'd bring breakthrough in areas where we never thought we would experience that. And, God, you would just show yourself strong on behalf of your church once again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I thought I'd start with a question. How many of you have ever wondered why prayer goes unanswered? 
Have you ever maybe been, been praying for breakthrough in a specific area of your life? And you know it's God's desire to bring breakthrough in that area. You know it's, it's his heart to, to help in that area, but maybe it just hasn't, hasn't happened yet. Uh, maybe you feel like something's just missing. Well, I want to show you a situation in the Bible where that, that actually occurs. And Jesus gives us not only the problem, identifies the problem, but he also gives us a, a solution to the problem. And it's found in Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to pick up in verse 14. And, and we're going to ask you to do something a little bit different today. Whenever we, we hit some red letters on the screen, I'm going to ask you to read it out loud. That's right. Whether you're watching this online or gathered together in the room, we can do this together. We're going to read the red words out loud. So here's what it says. In the beginning of verse 14, it says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire and into, into water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Here's what's happening in the story. This, this desperate father has a son who's who's demon-possessed, and the demon is like trying to take his life. He's throwing him into the fire, throwing him into water. He's having seizures. It's manifesting itself in physical ways. And this, this dad is trying to get his son some help. So he brings his son to the disciples, and the disciples up to this point have been given authority by Jesus to, to cast out demons, to, to lay hands on the sick, and the, the sick people are healed. And, and up to this point, they haven't had any issues with that. This is the first time that we, we read in the Bible where the, the disciples could not drive out, couldn't drive out the demon. And so here's Jesus' response to the situation. Uh, please read the red letters words with me out loud. Here's what Jesus says. He, he says, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. He identifies the problem. He says, here's the issue. There's unbelief and there's some perversion taking place. He says, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation generation Jesus replied how long shall I stay with you how long shall I put up with you bring the boy to me and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment now I want you to write write these two words down write these two words down if you're, you're taking notes because Jesus identifies the problem here, the, the disciples could not drive it out. And Jesus says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. You might underline those two words in your Bible. The first is, is unbelieving. And if we were to boil down what is unbelief, at the root of unbelief is, is, is there's a disconnect from God, not connected to God. And, and I'm not talking about people who don't believe in Jesus or like uh, people who like don't even believe in God or like atheists, but but apparently these disciples, these followers of Jesus got to this place where they, maybe their spiritual life was just on autopilot. They're just kind of going through the motions and somewhere along the way they began to get disconnected from God. So much so that, that they weren't able to do or have the spiritual authority that they once did to drive out this, this demonic uh, possessed boy. And if it can happen to the disciples, I'm just saying it could happen to us. It can happen, it can happen to me. You know, there, we can go through seasons and, and with the holidays and Christmas and everything that we're just coming out of, uh, we can kind of set our spiritual life aside and spend time focusing on all these other things happening. And it allows us just to, not, not that we lost our salvation or anything like that, but just allow our hearts to go grow a little bit cold uh, to the things of, 
of God. And, and Jesus says, the first thing, it's, it's un- unbelief. That we're not connected to God to the degree that we could be or the degree that we, we should be. And so the disciples can't drive out the demon. But Jesus, who is not on all of Pilate, but always connected to the Father, has the authority to, to drive out drive out the demon. So the first issue is that they're, they're not connected to God to the degree that God would want them to be. The second thing is they're perverse. It says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. And, and perverse just simply means too connected to the world. So not connected enough to God, but too connected to the things of this earth. And, and honestly, like the gravitational pull of life in my life, in your life, I'm sure, is to, to pull us closer to the things that are temporary, the things that, that don't really matter in the big scheme of things. They connect us to things of this this world, we can get consumed with stuff and having more stuff and having better stuff. And, and at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're becoming more and more connected to, yeah, things around us, things that fulfill our appetites, things that satisfy our lusts, things that, that, that are temporary and don't really last. And so we, we get more disconnected from God and more connected to temporary things of, of this world. And Jesus identifies that as, as the problem here of why the disciples couldn't drive out couldn't drive out the demon. And so here's a question for you to consider. I'm considering this. Ask all of us to, as we begin 2022, ask yourself this question in prayer to God. Ask God, where in my life am I disconnected from you and the life you've called me to live? Is there any area of my life where where I'm growing more disconnected from you and more connected to the world and disconnected from the call you've placed on my life? And and I don't need to point out those areas in your life. You ask God and the Holy Spirit will reveal that, reveal that to you. Listen, the, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't come into our life. He doesn't, doesn't lead us to condemnation. Like when we ask questions like this, he's not going to condemn us. We might experience some conviction. And that's just the Holy Spirit's way of, of guiding us back on track, turning us back to the things that will bring life, that things will, that, that will matter for all of eternity. So is there anything in my life uh, where, where I'm disconnected from God? In the life he's, he's called me to live. Second question to ask you to consider is, God, am I doing anything that connects me more to the world and disconnects me from you? Some, sometimes these are not, they're not bad things. Uh, sometimes they can be really good things. They just consume our lives. And, and whenever that gets out of balance, it's our opportunity to just come to God and say, God, is anything, anything out of balance? Because I want to be fully devoted, connected with you, not, not tied down by the things of of this world. A good question is, am I hungrier for material gains and possessions than eternal gains? Am I fulfilling, filling my mind with thoughts and images that pollute my relationship with Jesus or build my spiritual life with God? Ask God those questions. He's going to reveal some things to you. And if you ever get to a place where you're feeling like something's missing, you feel like I'm not experiencing breakthrough and I thought I would. I'm not experiencing the abundant life that I know God promised. When you find yourself in those places, let's just call a spade a spade. Because God hasn't changed. Something in us has changed. And it's an opportunity for us to just come back and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to, I need to reconnect with God and disconnect from the world a little, little bit more. The reality is we've all, we can all get to that place. And today, as we begin this new year, I just felt like maybe that's where some of us are. 
And so what's, what's the solution to this? So if we, we find ourselves in a place where we've we're, we're, we're got unbelief and, and perverse generation, we're, we're disconnected to God but too connected to the world, what do we do? Well, I don't know about you, I'm super thankful that Jesus doesn't just point out the problem, but he also identifies the solution, and here it is. Pick it back up in verse 19. It says, Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? So the disciples, like, they... They're embarrassed by what's taking place. They have been casting out demons up until this point. It's confusing to them. So they come to Jesus in a private context like, Jesus, what's, what's happening? Why couldn't we do it? They asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, you can say to anything that's overwhelming to you, move from here to there and it will, it will move. Check this out. This is, some of you have seen a mustard seed, but if you haven't, this is a mustard seed. This is, this dude's pretty small. And in Israel, you see these all over the place. So, so in this moment, I just imagine Jesus bending down and picking up this little mustard seed and saying, hey, boys, here's why you couldn't, because of unbelief and too connected to the things of this world. But if you have faith that's just this small, you can say to things that seem insurmountable, things that seem to be overwhelming you, move. And it'll, it'll move just, just this much. He goes on to say, but, but this kind, this mountain, this demon, this breakthrough, this situation only comes out by, by two things. And he gives us a solution. So unbelief, perverse generation, now he gives a solution to those two things. But this kind only comes out, let's say it out loud together, by prayer and Fasting, by prayer and fasting. Remember, the, the problem was unbelief and perverse, and here's the solution, prayer and fasting. How, how do we overcome unbelief and disconnection from our life? Well, the first is prayer. Here's what prayer does. It connects us back to God. It, prayer plugs us back in to relationship with him. Listen, I don't know how much you pray. I don't know how much you talk to God, but the more you pray, the more you spend time with God, the greater your faith is going to grow. The stronger your relationship with him is going to be. This is true of every relationship in our life. You know, for, for some of us who are married, uh, we get married and we, we date. And man, we spend so much time with our spouse. But then we get married and then we, maybe you have kids and you're, Saying, no, you take them to practice. No, you take them to practice. I got to work late. I got this deadline. I'm working on this project. And, and somehow date night like slides away and, and couples kind of grow distant. I would just encourage you, fellas, date your wife this year. Make a commitment at, at the beginning, 2022. I'm going to date my wife at least one date a week. And all the ladies said, amen, amen. That's it. That's right. But fellas, we, we need this. So stay connected. This is true in our relationship with God. If we're not setting aside specific time to say, God, I want to connect with you and spending time in prayer, then our hearts can, can grow distant to the things of God. And as a result, our faith shrinks when God desires for your faith to be strong. And if you have faith just as small as a mustard seed, this will be a year of breakthrough like you've never experienced before. So, so what's the solution for disbelief? prayer Dis disbelief disconnects us from too disconnected from God he said hey connect back with God through prayer second thing he says you, you maybe you're too dis too connected to the world you're a perverse generation too connected to temporary things he says here's what you need to do disconnect from the world through fasting fasting is a way it's a healthy way for us to disconnect from the world here's the true of us as people we live in this body 
And my body has this desire for temporary things that don't really matter. But here's what's true of me. Here's what's true of you. You have a spirit and your spirit will live forever. Your body will die, but your spirit will live on. And so what we need to do as followers of Jesus is to strengthen our inner spirit so that our spirit man's stronger than our physical man. And nothing does that better than denying the physical needs of your body to say, I need to build my spirit. I'm going to disconnect from things in this world through prayer and Fasting, fasting is the best way, best way to do that. And all of us, man, we could improve in our prayer life. All of us could, could disconnect a little more regularly from temporary things. And honestly, fasting, it never comes easy for me because your boy loves to eat. <laughs> but every time I do, I'm so grateful I did. And I feel closer to Jesus, my relationship stronger, my inner man is built up. And I, I put in its rightful place, but my body, my desires, that's going to fade away. And I'm going to live this life with that in mind. If I could boil fasting down to a simple phrase, fasting is a healthy way to disconnect from the world. Fasting says, my desire, for, my desire to fulfill my appetite, God, I desire you more than that. More than my desire for that cup of coffee, God, I desire you. More than my desire to scroll social media, God, I desire you. More than my desire for anything else in the world, God, I just, I just want you. That's what fasting says. And that's the beautiful thing about fasting because it, it helps us to reconnect with God and disconnect from things of this world and how desperately do we need that church as we kick off this brand new year so here, here that's kind of the teaching component now let me just get to very practical how, how do we do this well here it is uh, i want to invite you to 21 days of prayer and fasting again you can go to our, our website we have this resource available that that unpacks more of what prayer and fasting is it gives some ways uh, to fast, to participate in this fast. And, and again, mark your calendar. January 10th is the day that we start, and we're going to break fast together as a church here on campus on January, January 30th. Let me give you a, a biblical basis for this. So that's, this is what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do it. Jesus he said this in, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 through 15. It says, Then John's disciples, they, they came to him and asked, How is it that, that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't? So John the Baptist, his followers, they fast. The Pharisees, they fast. They come to Jesus they're like, Why don't your disciples fast? Like this was a normal spiritual practice in this day. And here's what Jesus said in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 15. Jesus answered, How can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And check this out. Then they will fast. Jesus endorsed fasting. Jesus knew that his followers would fast. He was just saying, hey, while I'm here physically, they're not, they don't need to fast. Like I'm, I'm right here. I'm super close. But there's coming a day when I'm going to go and the Spirit's going to come and then they will fast. Listen, we're in that era. We're in that space. There's coming a day where we're going to see Jesus face to face. It's going to be awesome. We're not going to need to fast then. But right now in this time and space, they will. We will we will fast. Jesus endorsed it. Jesus assumed his followers would participate in it. We see this in the early church in Acts chapter 13, uh, verses 2 through 3. It reads this, while they were worshiping the Lord and, and fasting. This was a common, common practice. They set aside time to disconnect from things of the world and to reconnect with God. 
on a deeper level. And here's, here's what happened. The Holy Spirit said, now, I just want you to know as, as you embark on this 21 days of prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you about some things. He's going to drop some vision into your heart about his desires for you and his desires for this church and ways we can impact this city together, impact the world together. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And so they get the vision and then they, they pray and fast some more. It says, so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. You get the idea. We see this as common practice throughout the New Testament. We go verse by verse by verse. For the sake of time, we're going to cut it off there. But Jesus expected it. It was a common practice in the early church. And so we as Central Christian Church are saying, if, if it was good enough for Jesus and his followers, good enough for the New Testament, gosh, we don't want to miss out on anything that Jesus has for us. So we're going to participate in this as well. And I'm inviting you, 21 days of prayer and fasting, it will mark your life. Here's three closing thoughts. Uh, just practically speaking, before you enter a fast, here's something that I do. I'm just encouraging you to do it as well. The first is this, set your objectives. Set, set your objective. I want to just give you five things that are pretty much staples in every fast that I've ever done. Uh, these, these five things always bubble up to the surface. Here's our, uh, these are part of every fast. Here's the first thing that I do. Uh, I declare my dependence on God. I declare my dependence on God. I'm saying, God, I'm giving you a tithe of my year. As we start this brand new year, I'm giving you the first. I'm giving you the first portion. God, God, here, I'm utterly dependent on you. I, I recognize, God, if you don't come through for me in some areas of my life this year, I'm, I'm done for. But God, I'm, I'm declaring my dependence on you. And I'm going to set aside some things that I naturally, physically desire so I can pursue you. And tell myself and tell you and the world around me, I'm putting God first in my life. Second thing I do is ask for forgiveness. I just want to start the new year with a fresh start, clear conscience, just to get some, some things right. You know, December is probably the most physically self-indulgent month of the year. We're just coming off that. And I'm saying, God, I need to detox some things, not only in my physical body, but in my soul and my mind. And, and God, I just want to, want to have a fresh start. Third thing I do is refocus on what's eternal. You know, gravitational pull of life pulls us to, to temporary things, temporary stuff. But every year as we kick off the new year, I just want to come to God with this posture and say, God, I don't want to come to the end of my life and realize I invested in temporary things that don't really matter. So God, would you recalibrate my focus, the things that will matter a million years from now? Would you, would you help me to re recalibrate my heart to God? What is your heart for this time, this space? I want to invest in those things. I want to refocus on things that are eternal. I invite you to do the same. And then the fourth thing I do is invite God's presence to move in new and powerful ways. Yeah, every year, listen, some of you have had astonishing experiences with God. There's more. Some of, you, some of you reflect back, you're like, I remember that time when God's presence was so close, I was afraid to lift my hands because I thought I might touch him. I'm just saying there's more. Sometimes you've been overwhelmed with the goodness, the grace, the beauty of God. He's got more. He's, he's, got, he's got a matchless supply, an unlimited supply. A million years from now, we'll still be discovering new things about this, this wonderful God that we get to serve. Listen, he has new Thanks for you this year. Uh, throughout the month of December, I've been chewing on this passage 
um, I was thinking about this really all the way through the Christmas season. And uh, I, was, I was reading the, the Christmas narrative actually um, prior to Thanksgiving and was reading just through the Gospels. And, and, and I got to Luke and, and I read a little bit further in, in Luke after the birth of Jesus and, and to the, birth, uh, the, the, the launch of the ministry of, of John the Baptist. And John said these words and it just shook me a little bit. And I've been, I talked to the staff about it. I talked to the team about it on Sundays and but here's what the Bible says in, in John, or sorry, Luke, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. John the Baptist is talking. He says, he says, here's the deal. I'm coming, I come in with a baptism, a water baptism. But there's one coming after me who's so great. Like, I'm not even worried to untie his sandals. But here's what you need to know about him. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I thought, man, I want that. I want to live my life in 2022 so, immer- so submerged in the presence of God that the Holy Spirit would saturate my life in such a way that the Holy Spirit would saturate your life in such a way that when people see us, they know like, man, we might have received a water baptism, but we got something supernatural going on in our lives. That when we're around people, the climate changes not because of anything that we are, but because we've been baptized, saturated, submerged in the Holy Spirit in God's presence. I want that for you. I desire that for me. I want that for my kids. I desire that for our church. Let's just, as we begin this year, let's just invite God's presence to move in new and powerful ways and be open to that. The final thing is, is to ask God, believe God to speak to you in specific areas of your life. I invite you now, before we enter into this fast, where is it you need clarity? Where, where is it where you're saying, God, I keep hitting this wall. Maybe I'm not looking at it from the wrong angle. Ask God to speak to you about some things. So specific things, write them down. Here's what I know to be true. He, he desires to talk to you about those things. Here's the promise, Jeremiah 33 Verses two through three, I love it because it, it sets God's, God's credentials up first before the promise. And here's what it says. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. So there's his credentials. Now here's his promise. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. What is it you want to know? What are the the unsearchable things that you don't know right now. But listen, as you go on this journey, 21 days of prayer and fasting, you call out to God. He's going to speak to you about some specific things. And I always just write those down ahead of time saying, God, I need direction here. Let's apply these these five things as we enter this 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm, I'm challenging you. I'm encouraging you. I'm inviting you to participate with me, with my family, and with the, the elders and staff here at Central. Let's, let's embark on this together. Who, who wouldn't want this for, for our lives in this new year? Let's actively connect with God. Let's intentionally disconnect from things of this world. Second thing as we close, decide what type of fast you're going to do. Decide what type of fast you're going to do. There, there's all kinds of different Types of fast. There's the Daniel fast. Some people do juice fasts. Fast. Uh, some people do Jewish fast, where like from from sun up to sundown, they don't eat anything. They just just drink water. That's a that's a great fast to do. Uh, some people do like a a whole fast, where like for a set number of days, they're just going to drink water only. 
Uh, I just encourage you to pick which kind of fast you're going to do. Just decide what type of fast you're going to do. Again, on the website, we got some suggestions there. Um, but I, I would encourage you with this too. And, and I would just say, man, if at all possible, if your health allows it, I know some people have diabetes and it, you just can't, can't do it. And I, I get that. But if you're able, do some kind of a food fast. Uh, throughout the Bible, every fast we see is a, is a food fast. And, uh, and there's something very spiritual that happens. We say, I'm going to set aside some, some physical food that, that your boy loves. And say, God, I just, need, I just need you. But we would love 100% participation in this. Hey, we don't get an award for that. If you, if you choose to do it or you don't choose to do it, I still love you. I'm still excited to be your pastor. I'm still glad you're here. But you will experience a greater degree of God's presence in your life if you embark on this journey with us, and I know you want that. Yeah, third and final, here it is, expect results. Expect results. Now, here's the caveat. Whenever I first was, was writing this, I thought, man, I, I, here's what, God's not a genie in the bottle. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You just, if you pray and you fast, like he's, he's not going to grant you three wishes. Like That's not what he's about. He is God. He does what he wants. Whenever we pray and fast, we're just saying, God, I want more of you in my life. And if you don't meet any of my expectations, the one expectation I'm asking of you is I want you, and I guarantee he'll meet that. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah 58, there's, uh, uh, before we pull up the verse here, Isaiah 58 is an interesting passage. The whole chapter is actually about fasting and, and fasting the right way as well as fasting the wrong way. And God's not super excited about people who go on a fast with the wrong heart, the wrong, wrong motives. But whenever you just set your heart to say, God, I want more of you. God, I'm going to set my, my selfish desires aside. I'm expecting you to show up. I'm expecting you to do some big things. But God, if you do none of those things, if I just get more of your presence in my life, then God, that's what I want most of all. When we have that heart, three things will take place. Three, three words. If you go on this 21-day journey with us, here, I guarantee it, based on the authority of the Word of God, you're going to experience this. And here's, here's the first one. Uh, Isaiah 58, 8 through 9. Isaiah makes three then statements. He says this, uh, then, so you go on this journey, you're fasting, you're praying with the right heart, right motive. Then the light, your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Healing. Physical, for sure. But spiritual, relational emotional, psychological, healing. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Righteousness, then righteousness will be yours. And righteousness doesn't mean perfection. It just means you're made right. It's like you're, I'm back in right standing. Some things in our life right now, maybe they're not right. With God, maybe your practices, your spiritual—they're out, they're out of whack. But but fast has a way to bring them back in line, so we can write with God. Holiness will abound. My my heart would say, Noah, I'm set apart. I'm 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 committing to holiness. I'm I'm a live life set apart for God's purposes and for His His honor. It says third one. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry out and he will say, here I am. I love that. Look at this. There's three promises God's word gives us. Here's the first one. Whenever you commit to this, you're going to experience healing. 
You're going to experience a greater degree of holiness, and you're going to experience God's help. I will answer you. You'll look for me, and I'll say, hey, here I am. Help's on the way. Let's do this, church. Let's commit to this. Let's set objectives. What, 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 are, you, what, are, you, what are you going to do during the fast? Hey, let's decide what type of fast we're going to do, and let's expect healing, holiness, and God's help. And he promises he's going to do that. It's going to be the best year yet as we lock arms in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I can't wait. Let's pray. Well, God, we just thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for the promises that as we begin this new year that you desire to reveal yourself to everyone listening to a greater degree. And God, we can, we can take hold of that by just applying your word to our life today by participating in prayer and fasting. And God, for, for those that maybe have never done a fast before, God, would you remove their fears, give them confidence to take this step of faith. God, for many people who have done it before, God, would you give them fresh faith to believe you for more things? God, would you give us a self-discipline to set aside our, our fleshly, bodily desires to build our spirit, man? May we be strong in you and the power of your might. And may this be the best year yet. And may you move your mission forward for our lives personally and Central Christian Church collectively as we just kick off this year saying, God, more than anything, we just need you. In Jesus' name, amen.